Hello and welcome to How to Grow a CMO, where each week I will talk to marketing leaders from the biggest B2B brands in the world to understand their mindset, discover growth strategies and what it takes to be successful. This week I sat down with David Van Shake, CMO at The Marketing Practice, the B2B agency behind How to Grow a CMO and the CMO Crowd Community. You'll love this one because we delve into the highlights of season one of the podcast. We talked about the importance of creativity in B2B marketing, how challenging the role of the CMO is, and why the rainforest is such a draw. From the CMO Crowd, this is How to Grow a CMO. My guest today is David Van Shake, CMO at The Marketing Practice. He's a career B2B marketing strategist, and he's helped the likes of Microsoft, O2, Telefonica, Xerox, ServiceNow, Salesforce, Sage, and Citrix achieve some of their biggest marketing goals. What a list, David. Uh, Who better to review season one of the show, discuss key themes and what we can expect then from season two. David Van Shake, welcome to How to Grow a CMO. Thank you, Susanna. Thanks for the lovely intro. It's, it's great to be here. So, David, first of all, tell me a little bit more about the marketing practice and your role as CMO. So, the marketing practice, yeah, we call ourselves the global growth engine for B2B brands. We are a marketing agency. We work with a lot of the largest and fastest growing tech brands out there, bringing together a range of skills from across the marketing mix to help them achieve their growth goals. And yeah, my role is, is CMO. I've been with the organization for a long time. I've kind of grown up with it. Uh, And now my role is to uh, help take the organization to market, uh, help position us in the market, and also thinking about the broader marketing responsibilities, the four Ps, if you like, what's the product, um, how are we taking it out to market? Mm -hmm. Now, I know you're an avid listener, and we have had some amazing guests so far. So could you tell us a little bit about your favorite episode and what you've learned generally from the series so far? Um, yeah, it's just hard to, hard to pick a favourite episode. I think um, there have been a, a, a few good ones. I think, you know, one of the themes that really jumps out straight away is the role of the CMO as someone who needs to be very connected into the business. Uh, and I think we've seen that probably in six or seven of the episodes, people talking about uh, how important it is for the CMO to build those connections with their peers uh, across the leadership team. And kind of similarly within their team. So really the CMO is providing very much a connecting function within the business, between the customer and the business, and and then within their team. Now, we've heard a lot about how the role of the CMO has changed. Uh, Lots of different guests that I've been talking to on the episodes have have talked about it. And what's your take on this? What have you noticed over the years? Fundamentally, the kind of the, the role itself, I guess, hasn't changed. You know, marketing has always been about finding profitable ways to create value for the customer. Um, but there's been a lot of change, I guess, in the context for CMOs. And I think for B2B CMOs, really, particularly, it's kind of, I, I feel like for B2B, it's a bit of a golden era because marketing is really getting the remit to fulfill its role. Uh, it's always been a very commercial function uh, on the B2C side and a lot of the marketing led organizations, marketing really leads and gets to work across the four P's, if you like. But that hasn't always been the case with B2B. I think with, the, with what we've happened with cloud and kind of software revolution, people are seeing that that change in relationship with the customer 
no longer has to be just purely through sales and the power of marketing to, to drive growth is, is changing the role of the CMO. But for a B2B CMO, there's always still that connection to sales. So, you know, a lot of the clients that I'm talking to, they're looking at things like, um, you know, really investing in brand and sponsorships of Formula E, for example, looking at the power of purpose, but there's still that also that real need to connect with sales and understand the buyer journey and uh, look at that side of it. So it's it's a really fascinating area to be working in right now. I think it's having a bit of a, a golden era. Mm. And talking about the show specifically, what what have you learned about the way the best CMOs lead their teams and themselves in a way? Yeah, I guess um, you know there's there's quite been quite a bit of talk. I think about the changes. Um, that we've seen in, in technology, in data, in measurement. You know, some good conversations um, with I think Becca at Highland about the uh, the way that they're measuring brand and the brand funnel and the demand funnel and the need to connect those two things up. So that whole conversation about measurement is definitely one that I hear a lot of when I'm talking to senior marketers. But again, there's that kind of um, I think there's that growing maturity about. Um, what the role of marketing is and the breadth of that role and an understanding that some of those things aren't easily attributable. Um, some of the things around brand and the organization's right to play in the market and, and some of the things uh, as well about communicating organizations' values and ESG and uh, DEI and, and those kind of things. Um, and I think that that point about how they how the CMOs are um, leading themselves and leading their teams there is definitely, I guess, a, a change that's happening in attitudes to leadership uh, and the way that you get the best then out of your team. Uh, and I think a lot of people have spoken about the fact that they try and kind of not create hierarchies and come down to the level with their team and energize their team and, uh, you know, almost that sort of servant leadership type of uh, approach. What's also been really interesting is the various different strategies they use to build their teams and how they get the right mix of talent and skills. And in many ways, actually, the experience of the pandemic and virtual working has really opened up the talent pool. Is that your experience too? Um, I, I think so. There is, I think it, it has. There's definitely been in recent months and um, a lot of pressure on in the talent market. Um, a lot of pressure on wages, a lot of pressure on salaries. And I know a lot of clients are finding it very hard to find people um, to fill the roles. But I think as much as it is about finding the right skills, I think that the job now is about how you help those skills work together. Marketing is what, I, what we call a complex system. So trying to achieve growth in a B2B scenario is a complex system in that there's loads of stuff going on. There's lots of interdependencies. You know, you've probably got 10, 15 people in the decision-making unit who you need to influence. It's a long purchase cycle. It means it's it's very hard to predict. It means you need to be very responsive and very agile and very kind of test and learn in your approach. And I think the realisation that's happening at the moment is to do that, you need to bring together people with lots of different skills from across that marketing mix uh, and help them form small teams, almost thinking more like, product teams than project teams um, so you've got all those skills you need to own a process end to end working closely together um, and I think that's the real challenge for CMOs at the moment is as much as about filling a role you know in data and analytics or in digital or in content it's about how you get those people working together around the customer. 
and also integrating, I assume, the strategy right the way through uh, the company so that those teams aren't kind of shut off in one silo away from the rest of the business. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have spoken about the fact that the need to, as part of the role of the CMO, to bring that vision and to energize the team. I think as well that, you know, when we're talking about strategy and marketing strategy, that is that is emergent. You know, I think there's a misconception that you can have a vision and you can lay out a very clear plan and go, we're going to go from here to here to here. And we've got these milestones. And we're looking 12, 18 months out because there's so much, so many variables in it. And actually, a lot of the data and information that you need is going to come from people right at the front line talking to the customers and bringing that information back. So how you give people uh, throughout your team a kind of a voice to bring that inf- information back to the table and how you create an organisation that can pick that up and run with it and change approach and learn from it. That's a really interesting area, I think, at the moment. You're listening to How to Grow, a CMO podcast from the CMO Crowd. The CMO Crowd is brought to you by The Marketing Practice, the global integrated agency delivering growth for big name tech brands and ambitious B2B companies around the world. To find out more about us, visit themarketingpractice.com. Yeah, Leslie Henthorne talked about the importance of showing up as the CMO that you want to be in cultivating the brand of the CMO internally to to win the confidence of the executive team. So moving on from how the CMO interacts with the marketing team to how the CMO interacts across the company, what takeaways have you got from the podcast? Yeah, so I think Leslie's show was, was great. She's just so honest and really courageous in the way that she approached that conversation. Um, and I think, yeah, she was talking about uh, you know, I guess as marketers, we should know, right, that perception uh, is really important and people will have lots of perceptions and associations with you and you need to be very conscious of that and understand that. I think there's a there's a watch out for me, though, is, and, and I think this is absolutely what Leslie was saying, but there's a, you, you want to be honest to yourself that you need to be thinking about your personal brand. But if your personal brand is putting on a carapace and trying to be something that you're not and trying to please other people and do what they think, what you think they want you to do that way sort of madness lies I think and I think what Leslie was saying was look you know find ways to be honest with yourself and really play to your strengths and you know she talks about a lot about humor and fun didn't she and how she brought that to her team and so I think there's that that's a really important nuance to that do you take that to heart <laughs> do, you, do you bring humor to your team at times <laughs> I do uh, yeah whether it's intentional, or not, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but yes, I think I try to. Yeah, and I, you know, that we are doing a lot of work uh, as an organisation, as as well as uh, on you know the product and and how we're bringing ourselves to market. There's a lot of work going on at the moment about what it's like to be and work in the marketing practice and how we can. We're doing a lot of um, stuff based on Brownie Brown's work and how you bring your whole self to work and those kind of things. And I think that. That has always been very important to me um, as a, you know, especially as you get into more senior roles, you can feel exposed, you can get that, you can naturally get that imposter syndrome, I guess. Do I know what I'm doing? Mm. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a very natural thing. That's what's been also interesting is that a number of different CMOs who I've interviewed during this podcast have said, you know, the, the crucial thing is that 
understanding that you don't know everything, but because you've built that excellent team around you of those people who do know and may have the gaps in knowledge, but that's exactly why they're there. They're to uh, create the whole of a sum of the parts. Is that your feeling? Yeah, yeah, very much. It's very much a collective effort, uh, a team sport, and you have to show, I think, that uh, honesty and openness. You know, we're going through a, a rebrand at the moment. We're just about to bring three of the agencies together under one new brand, and, and that's obviously quite an intense process for the team. Uh, and I'm, you know, so reliant on them through that process. But there's, there's lots of examples of them bringing stuff to me and saying, "Look, I've just been thinking about the message on this particular ad, or how we're talking about this." And actually, we could improve it if we did X or Y. And then they're all, you know, it's almost a bit of, you know, apologeticness about that. Don't take it the wrong way. And I'm like, look, this is this is great. This is how it works. Please do this. It's a really important part of the process. And actually, Alison Klein from Micron talked about this kind of importance of flexibility of, of marketers using the right strategy, depending on the business challenge facing them, which, of course, can change very quickly. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm, one of my big beliefs is marketing is a really highly contextual discipline. So there's lots of, I think we get quite iconoclastic in a way. We want to, we want to say like, you know, TV is dead or here's the next big thing. Uh, and that's all a load of nonsense, really. Um, there are, you know, there are some rules about marketing that generally apply, but it's your market is always changing. Your customer is always changing. The scenario, what you're trying to achieve is always changing. So again, it's being able to build teams and systems that can adapt to different scenarios and can learn from what they're, what they're seeing in the market from the customers around them. Now, the CMO role can be glamorized to some extent. So <laughs> what, what parts of the job aren't not as they're sold, would you say? We've talked a bit about this in other episodes. Do you see it as a bit glamorised? And uh, what's the truth? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess um, I'm not sure the role was, was ever sold to me. I kind of pushed my way into it. I, you know, I love doing marketing. I love all the, the bits of it. I think there's been a lot of conversation throughout the, the podcast about how people have stumbled into it. I think we've had, you know, lawyers and, and teachers and, and people from all sorts of areas, academics, and they found a real intellectual challenge in it because it, it blends psychology and creativity and communications and all these things. And I would definitely echo that sentiment. I think when it comes to glamorizing it, I think we do have a bit of a tendency to put to put leaders and people on uh, on a pedestal, and that can be a little bit a little bit damaging in the same way maybe that. Instagram can be a bit damaging in that you end up comparing yourself to a version of something that's not really not really a full version. It's an edited version of someone. So I think we've got to be a bit careful there in the way that we uh, glamorise the role and the individual. And, and I guess it probably goes back to that point about the team. And I think I really enjoy it in the moment because I've got a great team. I've got a great team around me. And, and that's when it can be tricky if you, if you don't and you have to try and find a way to find a role for someone that's going to be more suitable to their skills and, and, and build that, and, you know, rebuild that team. I think that's where it can be more difficult. So you're really enjoying your role at the marketing practice right now. So tell me, tell me a project you're particularly proud of right now. Um, okay. Yeah. Good question. So, um, I mean, there's obviously lots, I think probably there's, uh, one to pick on would be, um, 
a program that we ran for O2, uh, and it won an award uh, last year for the most commercially successful program at the B2B Marketing Awards. Um, it didn't win the Grand Prix, and I'm always a bit puzzled by that, how they separate those two things, what other criteria are they judging on? But you know, that's just me being a little bit bitter. <laughs> um, but the, the, the program itself was, uh, I think, you know, the, the sort of standout fact is that they, for every £1 that they spent on marketing, they got an astonishing £29 in revenue back, which is, you know, a ludicrously high stat. Mm. And it's the program was actually really about the culmination uh, or the continuation of two to three years, you know, hard work and close teamwork and collaboration by a broad set of people, really looking at the data, understanding the audience, adjusting the message, looking at how we can repeat and learn from success. Uh, and the, the, it just built momentum and success gradually over time. Uh, and so it wasn't like your big shiny ping type of marketing, but it's the stuff that that really works and makes a difference. Slow burn is the best. And uh, Looking at some of the other highlights, what really comes to the fore for the agency this year? Well, so as an agency, it's been a, it's been a huge year for us. Gone on to the next step of our journey. Up until this point, we've been we've grown organically. We got to about 180, 200 people in scale. Started expanding globally, uh, and this year we've uh, we've got some investment. Uh, we've acquired four uh, other agencies, um, so there's now more than 500 of us global. You know, we've kind of trebled in size, I guess, and that's been a, you know a fantastic journey. And, and I think the thing about it so far is there's been a, a really great cultural fit. You know, some of that stuff we've talked about about people not having egos and you know the, the 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 politics there that that really runs across the culture of all the all the agencies so we are bringing the, those th- agencies together now and, and you know we're in what we call the messy middle of of, of of the integration but we are starting to see just difference that that can make to our clients and it's just a, and a lot of fun uh, having a new set of people to work with and learn from and do stuff together yeah, and also how to grow a CMO is part of the CMO crowd community. What what can people expect if they are a member of this community? It obviously expands your horizons massively. <laughs> well, yeah, so yeah, so um, I mean, the idea is is simple. Really, we're quite big believers in the power of community. We know that a lot of the value that our clients get from working with us is the ecosystem that we have, all the other clients we have, and the fact that we can bring those people together. And they can just um, share their challenges and, you know, just knowing that someone's in the same boat is quite a cathartic thing. Um, and so the CMO crowd really is just an extension of that. It's, it's intended as a peer-led community. Um, so it's senior B2B marketers. It's giving them a space and facilitating a space for them to uh, share challenges. So we run regular roundtables. Um, there's a guild community as well, uh, which is getting quite active now. And uh, and then these podcasts as well. And, and the idea here was was really just to get some of our uh, senior marketers to share their experience for people who, you know, want to make their way in their marketing career. And, you know, I've certainly learned a lot of stuff from the episodes that I've listened to. And I think there's a lot of great content in there for people who are both who want to learn about being a, a marketing leader in a B2B organisation and also those people who are trying to communicate to 
to CMOs and want to understand what their world is like, it's a good listen if you're trying to market to us as well. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We really have had some fascinating insights in season one. So what would you like to see in season two? Uh, yeah, I was just uh, I was just talking to uh, to Pete, who's the guy who runs it earlier, uh, and we were saying I was saying that I think that there are some really interesting areas that people are bringing up. Where in season two, hopefully, we can do a bit of a deeper dive into you know, and one or two areas with with individuals, their kind of passion areas and passion projects. So, um, you know, whether that's um, looking at the uh, at the brand funnel and how you measure brand or um, I think it was uh, David from Iris who was talking about what it's like to be a marketer in a PE back world and bringing together lots of different brands. Um, so hopefully we're just more of the same, but just allowing ourselves a bit of space to just dive a bit deeper into some of the topics that each guest is really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always like those deep dives. Now, David, Can has just finished and it really did look like an amazing event. And this year was the first year they finally acknowledged the role of creativity in B2B marketing. What does this say then about its importance? Yeah, I think it was. it's lovely to see B2B getting a, a real footing at, at Can, uh, perhaps long overdue. Um, and I think it just goes back to that thing that we were talking about at the start of the episode, that uh, I think it's really a, a good time to be in, in B2B marketing because that recognition about the breadth of the role of marketing, uh, and definitely there's a lot of conversation in B2B about the power of brand um, and creativity and distinctiveness. And there's a growing recognition, I think, whilst there's an understanding of of the tools of brand and how they apply and how you can learn that from a B2C environment, there's also a lot of work being done to uh, understand how they how they work in a b2b environment where you've got that slightly different decision making cycle it's not just one person it's not an instantaneous decision or a very short decision multiple people happening over six 12 months how does brand work in that environment um and there's some really interesting uh, work that um, i think the linkedin institute are doing and others who are starting to to research into this so it's all part of the picture i think of b2b's growing place on an equal footing with B2C and actually, you know, I think it's much more interesting. You're listening to How to Grow, a CMO podcast from the CMO crowd. Well, we are nearing the end, but I do have a rapid fire round, as we, we like to call it. So the idea is that you have to respond to these questions coming up as quickly as you can without too much thought. So just say what pops into your mind. Okay, number one, complete this sentence. The qualities I look for in my next exceptional hire are? Outrageous flattery. No, I think uh, probably honesty, sense of humour. You showed it there, David. If I want to become a better CMO, is there something I should watch, something I should read, or something I should do? One of my favourite books is a piece called Anatomy of Humbug by a guy called Paul Feldwick, who's an agency strategist and, and planner. And it's about the history of advertising. And uh, I'm also a bit of a history buff. And I think, you know, if you really want to understand the discipline, knowing about the history and the ideas, and where those ideas have come from and how they've evolved is really helpful. Lovely. Bit of bedtime reading there. Thank you. So third question, what is something most people get wrong about you? So I have a tendency to, uh, people think I haven't heard them uh, because they'll say something to me and if I'm concentrating on something, it will sort of log in a queue and I will respond to them about somewhere between 45 seconds and 
four or five minutes later. <laughs> and so that takes some getting used to. I haven't found that at all today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay when you've got me one to one. Okay, uh, let's talk about tesseracts now. Delve into the Marvel Universe. If you had a tesseract, where would you go? So uh, you have to explain to me the concept of tesseract. Well, it's known as a cube, and uh, it's uh, one of the six infinity stones that predate the universe, apparently. In the Avengers Affinity War, the Tesseract was destroyed by Thanos to retrieve the space zone effectively. With the Tesseract, you can go anywhere you want in the universe. Anywhere I want in the universe. Right. Okay, well, that's a bit of a bit Marvel insight there as well. My favourite place, if that's what the question is, is I, I, I would... Uh, I would probably go to to the Amazon, to the rainforests, and just the sheer scale and majesty of it is uh, is very humbling and calming. Uh, I've been there once, and I'd love to go back. Lovely. Okay, so you're under pressure to deliver a big project at work. You're behind, and the deadline is approaching. What do you do? And you can't say, "I'll think about <laughs> wandering through the jungle." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, you know, I think I'm pretty good with sort of time management and planning. I, I think I generally will go back and, and look at what's being done and make a list and prioritise, um, reset expectations if I need to. I think probably the thing that I'm learning is the to understand the physical reactions you get to stress and the connections between what you're feeling and how you're th- what you're thinking. And actually, often your body is what's what's leading and is the first indicator that you're stressed. So listening to that um, and doing something about that, taking a break, going for a run, um, switching off in some way, that often will just help take the pressure off and then I can think clearly. So how do you decide what to say yes to? Yeah, I think uh, I say no to a lot of things. I'm quite good at saying no. That's that's also a good skill to, to develop as a CMO. I think what you've got to try and do is go back to the, you know, part of your job is to go is, is to try and tie things back to the strategy and the vision and say what are going to be the, the things that are going to really move us forward here. Um, so just trying to take yourself back to the bigger picture uh, and then prioritise from there. And finally, I know you like wandering through the rainforest, but what do you do to switch off on a daily basis? Yeah, I think like a lot of people I've got who on the podcast with kids, so they, you know, they keep me honest. I still like to play a bit of football, go for a run and watch cricket. Not all at the same time. <laughs> it would be a very long run if it was coinciding with the cricket match. <laughs> OK, well, thank you so much, David. I really appreciate you being with us today. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Susanna. How to Grow a CMO is brought to you by the CMO Crowd and the Marketing Practice. The CMO Crowd is a community for senior B2B marketing leaders to network, share opinion, and discuss challenges. If you would like to find out more about how you can join the crowd, visit cmocrowd.com.